The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tiger fans? Happy Halloween. We're filming this on a Tuesday afternoon, and uh, it's been a little spooky for Memphis here the past few days. Uh, I guess it was kind of an inevitability. Mike Norvell's name was going to get tossed around, and once some of these big-time jobs came open, especially with how well Memphis is playing right now, um, but still, nonetheless, you know, now that it's a reality that we're, we're the coaching carousel has started and, and Mike Norvell's name is out there as a candidate, however real that is or not at this point, you know, those lists that, you know, different media outlets come out with, who knows how accurate they are. Uh, it's out there now, and Mike Norvell addressed it this week. We'll, we'll get to the uh, Tulane game and, and, and this week's Tulsa game in a second, but wanted to address this first because I know fan, a lot of fans sometimes want to avoid it but this is this is a juicy topic and it's and it's very real because Mike Norvell has done a heck of a job at Memphis and he's going to be an attractive candidate for a number of jobs that open up this offseason. He told reporters on Monday that he even held a quick team meeting before practice Monday to address it with the team, sort of the distractions that are starting to build whether it's this coaching stuff, them being in the top 25 getting more interviews and I asked Jannard Avery about you know what the tenor of the meeting was like and he said he was just honest with us he wouldn't go into more details about what exactly he was honest about but this is how Mike Norvell has always operated he's very open and it looks like that's how he's going to operate in terms of this it's coaching funny. search it's stuff funny. and first of all you're exactly right it's just like Mike Norvell to address it to address it with media to address it with the players that's how he is in terms of the honesty stuff do I really believe that if let's just pretend Florida contacted Jimmy Sexton over the weekend to say, would Mike be interested? We're just assembling a preliminary list. Would Mike be interested in the job? Right. He's not telling the players that. And and the answer was yes. He's not telling the players that. He's being honest. I don't know. He's being honest and said, you're going to hear names out there. And and I'm not saying I'll, I'll necessarily stay forever. Obviously, there's an opportunity. At some point, you have to consider things for your family. But I'm just dedicated. That, that's that's how honest he's being. He's not going to bring him by with a blow by blow. Nor no, should he. It's funny. I was talking, nor should he. I was yes. talking to a Memphis staffer about this at practice today. It's, a, it's a, an impossible situation for Norvell in the sense, like, we asked these questions and like I know he's not going to tell me the truth right. either. Like he can't. No, if no, he but, actually told you the truth, it would be like it'd be the biggest blunder ever. Right. No, but the, it's not. I don't think it's as impossible as people make it out to be. Here's the answer. There's some coaches who say this. They say at the end of every single year, I re, I I think about what I'm going to do. I reevaluate whatever. I love my job. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to stay here forever because that would be unrealistic. At the end of every year, I, I evaluate whatever opportunities there are. I waited a long time to take this Memphis job. I turned on a lot of jobs when I was assistant coach at Arizona State to turn on this Memphis job. Um, and that tells you what I think about Memphis. Love Memphis. No complaints about Memphis. But I'm not going to – my answer will always be the same. I'm not foreclosing any possibility because that would be dumb and I'm not going to, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to vow, make some de- vow that I'm going to be here forever. I'm going to reevaluate and I have no expectations at this point that I'm leaving. Well, and here's why you know, some people on Twitter got really, I've gotten upset that like 
you know, they feel the media. They were upset that you said you couldn't care less whether he well, stats that they're upset I about. Let's could, be honest. Well, first of all, I said I could, could care, care less, which they were accepting. Numerous the people correct Grammar, they're upset about your yes. grammar, about your loyalty to the institution. But beyond that, I, I will say this about fans. There are people come at this from different ways, right? There's the put my fingers in my ears. Blah, 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 I don't want to hear. I can't hear what you're saying like that. And to even write about it is treachery and is a distraction. And I understand that. Why are they, you go on a fan message board? They say, why are we even talking about this? There's a game. There's those group. There's about, that's about 30% of them. Right. And then there's a group that says, Mike will never leave. He loves it here. I happen to know that his wife loves it here more than anywhere else, and he loves it here and is never going to leave, right? And there's, there's that group. And then there's the group that is, I'm the more rational group is, Mike's a really good coach. Aren't we lucky we hired a really good coach? He'll probably leave someday. I hope it's not this year, and let's enjoy it. Well, and here's what's funny to me. People say they don't want to hear it. If you go check it, what stories are doing really well for us right now? Mike Norvell leaving, potentially. These two stories we wrote this week are top of the world. Of People want to read about this of stuff. Of course. And when we had, I had yesterday, I had Pat Dooley, who's the columnist in Gainesville, on my radio show. And we don't get instantaneous ratings in terms of like the monthly ratings. But we get, we do know how many people are on the on the live stream at any one point, right? So we, so yesterday's show... And the Grizzlies were coming off of a huge win against uh, another huge win against Houston. It was whatever. Yesterday's show, far and away, the 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 stream was biggest when I had Pat Dooley from Gainesville on talking about Mike Norvell. People people are intrigued by this, and as well they should be. It's a it's um it's the future of the program. Is is I don't mean at stake because if he leaves, it doesn't mean they they're gonna they're gonna fold up the program and leave. But it would it's big news, and it's very hard from his perspective. I will say this. I think the fact that the timing is as it is, like it's just a natural that these things are going to happen. But the fact that it happens after two thirds of the way through the season sucks it for everybody. It sucks. For, honestly, it sucks for recruits and recruiting and everything like that. But mostly it sucks because Memphis fans are just trying to enjoy this. And it's not just Memphis. Look, imagine you're a Central Florida fan right now. Like Scott Frost is Gone, gone, gone. <laughs> you know, like he is gone. And you're trying to enjoy this unbelievable dream season that you're having at Central Florida. The timing of it. You wish you could get through the year and then whatever. But they, and particularly now that the signing, the, the recruiting signing period, there's an early recruiting signing period, there's no way that they can sit back. Of course, one of the advantages that Florida have is they can start talking to people, and they will, and they have. And I would say I still don't think it's a, you know, I, I'm i still not convinced he's definitely going to leave no. Memphis. I just, I you know, I, I don't know if the Florida job's the right job. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the, I don't think he's going to be the top choice of Florida. You know, I think you talk to people around the program, people that claim to know him, and this is not done with it. You know, I can't say this for certain, but the, the gut feeling a lot of people have is that Arkansas is more appealing to him than maybe other SEC jobs that could potentially open up. But who the heck knows? I mean, and, and where it applies to this season, you, you mentioned the timing. It, it goes back to two years ago when this team started out 8-0 and really died down the stretch of the season, losing four of their last five and kind of it, it, it 
not ruined, uh, you know, what was a really good year, but, you know, tempered how you felt about how that season went. And what I'm interested in is how this group responds to what's happened over this past week, just in terms of one, they're getting a lot more notoriety nationally for their play, but also now that, you know, this story that had been kind of underneath the surface has bubbled up a little bit. How do they respond against Tulsa? What have they learned from two years ago when they seemed a little distracted? Let's take those two things. First of all, the, the, the first question of I don't you don't know if he's going to go. None of us know if he's going to go, and I don't think he's as much of a slam dunk as Scott Frost. I mean, Scott Frost, if he doesn't go to Florida, there's his alma mater, Nebraska, like it's right there. It's hard to believe that Scott Frost is going to stay there. I would bet a significant amount of money that he's gone. With Mike Norvell, I actually think in personality in what they seem to want, he's a great fit at Florida. And the guy who tweeted about it is a former agent who said he's at the top of their list. So I don't rule it out he's also tweeted that they've contact reached out right. to him but, at this point ab- among others among others, among others. Willie and Taggart so i think well. i think scott frost is in play there and willie taggart's in play there and i'm with you it seemed like that would he'd be down the list on florida and for whatever reason i don't know that he's a complete fit at, at tennessee um i had mark schlaba on my radio show today he believes that arkansas is going to come open and a&m is going to come open and if that happens, like at some point, there's going to be he's one of the five hottest coaches, young coaches who are available. So depending on how many of these jobs come open, um, will we'll determine whether he we, he stays or goes. It seems to me. In terms of the second point, the distraction. I first of all don't buy the view that it was the distraction that ruined their season. Let's look at their season that season two years ago. Played tougher teams, so they were rolling along, and then what happened? They played Navy. They did not lose to Navy because they were distracted. They lost to Navy for the same reason they lost to Navy last year, because Navy could did anything they wanted. So that one, I just categorically reject that that was about that. Then they played at Houston. They came out, they took a big first half lead against Houston. That is not a team that was distracted. They were completely dialed in. Houston come, gets quarterback change. Quarterback gets injured. Quarterback change makes a comeback, and they lose because Jake Elliott misses a field goal, which he never does. That's not because they're distracted. So now, the next game was their worst game of the year, except for the bowl game, and that was at Temple. And that felt like one where they, like, gave up the ghost. Like, they let go of the rope, right? They they just stunk against Temple. Temple's a perfectly good team, but, like, that was a bad effort. There, yes, then the, the, the rumors were hot and heavy, but even beyond that, what they were playing for was gone. They'd already lost to Navy. They'd already lost to Houston. They just had a complete mental collapse, it seems to me. And so was that part of it? Yes. But it was also part of it that they just lost two games and they were done. And then they came back. They smashed SMU 63 nothing. That wasn't too distracted. And then very clearly, the bowl game, that was absolutely didn't a, a that, They didn't have a staff. They didn't have a whatever. But I don't think that that team two years ago lost focus until what was in front of them, what they were shooting for, which was undefeated season, uh, all the things that, you know, the, the playing in a New Year's Bowl, when those things were gone, then they let go of the rope. So I don't think it's fair to say I hope this team does better than that team in terms of staying focused, because right now everything is still in front of this team. And as long as they keep playing hard while everything's in front of them, like that team did in 2015, I think you'll be fine. And, and I'll be interested to see tonight, the first college football playoff committee rankings 
are released, I would expect Memphis to be you know, right around 24. where they yeah right around where they are now in the poll in the AP and the the coaches poll. They'll be behind UCF. I'd expect I'd hope they'll be ahead of USF because USF hasn't right. beaten anyone and just lost. Um, so that'll be interesting to see just exactly where they're ranked. I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to do they win out and do they beat. UCF or USF in the AAC championship game when, right. when it's all said and done. I will how, say they did they not. Go. They sure haven't looked distracted so lately. Um, no. They came out and and um, against Tulane, they were up thirty five nothing before I had finished off my rendezvous barbecue. You know, they were. Um, <laughs> that was like touchdown after and all their weapons. You know, it was amazing. It to was. See. It's Sean like if you can Dykes and Anthony Miller and Tony Pollard and just. Touchdown after touchdown. I mean, there was that sequence at the start of the second quarter. It was like three minutes. They scored three touchdowns, two of which took 13 right. seconds. Two, it was just right. amazing. There were two drives. One was a one-play drive, and two, and one was a two-play drive. The drives together were 26 seconds. And so it was everything that people thought this offense could be. And then there was the proverbial lull. And Which, why to the, a certain extent, is a little natural when you're when you're up far out of a team and the only concern is is that those laws it's just funny like what we worry about now versus what we worried about when the team was getting smashed by Arkansas State now we worry that their 50 whatever points were not scored oh, only 56 <laughs> only points. 56 because oh. they had a lull if they didn't have the lull you know we're shooting for a perfection um the other thing that's been interesting is I think the defense is getting better like that's like it's actually it's not like I think throughout the course of the year, despite the the personnel losses that they've had, I think the defense has gotten better. And um, well, you're seeing a lot of these young guys who had to get plugged into these roles that were bigger than what they thought they were going to have to play. Guys like Tim Hart, T.J. Carter, you know, uh, Josh Perry got his first career start last week, and I think he's going to have a well. And then uh, there's been changes too. Like Janard Avery is now in a position where he is unleashed on the coming off the edge edge. and is destroying people. To have to have a defense which is considered the weak spot and sort of shaky at times, have three straight defensive conference defensive players of the week says something. And so I really think this team is getting better now as it goes along, which is what you want. To be happening. And the defense is gaining comments. It's funny. For the second week in a row, I'm coming in here and telling you at practice on Tuesday, Tito Windham got in a fight. Um, <laughs> he got one last week. But it, it was another one of those good fights. Like he, he absolutely demolished someone in practice, just laid him out. And the guy got ticked and hit him in the helmet. And Tito just started swinging. Um, but it was like one of those things. Like you mentioned how focused they are. You could just see how engaged yeah, they I were in practice. Um, no, it was like one of those fights that just happened in a football practice. It got broken up quickly, and it like spoke to Tito Windham's got some dog in him, and like that's this defense is starting to get some dog in them. Like they, they they're starting to get a swagger about them. Well, and, and in in the end, it was Austin Hall's touchdown. I mean, it, we were. It, what happens is you're up there in the press box and you're writing whatever you're writing. It's no longer for print, so there's not quite the same deadline pressure that there used to be. Uh, but you're right, whatever you're writing. And um, and then you're starting to say, oh, I'm going to have to be rewriting this because look at Tulane, they're making a comeback. And it was the defense in the in the person, Austin Hall, who made the play, scored the touchdown, flopped on it in the end zone um, that really sort of 
gave you a little bit of a comfort here. So they were really good early, really good early, and then they made a key play late. And so I am— And with this offense, that's all you need. Yeah. You don't need—they don't, don't need, need to, to stop, be perfect. You don't need to stop them every time, right. No. Um, so this week, we've got Tulsa, who—and uh, and then after that, it's a bye week. So kind of an important game just to make sure—you know, obviously you got to keep winning, but to make sure you go into the bye week. And and though Tulsa is 2-7, and seven, I do think this is a dangerous game. This is a Tulsa team that a couple weeks ago beat Houston 45-17 to 17, um, at home. And almost beat SMU last week. And we should point out, probably handed Memphis its worst loss last year, uh, 59-30. And Mike Norvell and several players said they still that's still in the back of their head that you know they got it handed to them in Memphis against Tulsa last year. Um, this should be a game, you know, it's funny, we mentioned Memphis's defense is still ranked pretty low in the national rankings. Um, Tulsa's defense is lower than yeah. them in every category. Um, I expect Memphis is all... They are actually in total defense giving up 550.1 yards per game, which is second to last in the FBS this year. Yeah, well, look, I mean, some of their scores, they gave up 59 to Oklahoma State. They gave up 60... Uh, that was a win. They gave up 42 to Louisiana. Uh, they gave up 54 to Toledo. They gave up 62 to Tulane they get you know and so it is a absolutely a defense that can be gashed they play better at home though they play better at home and their offense is still pretty good and they played some good teams tough and they recently switched quarterbacks I guess they're playing both Um, Luke Skipper is now kind of the starter with Chad President mixed in Skipper is more of a thrower president more of a runner so that'll present a unique challenge because they do use both. I think Skipper's been getting more of the snaps lately. Um, but it, it'll be something. This is, again, at, at this point, I mean, I guess the SMU game will be interesting. But at this point, to me, it's more like Memphis is playing itself in the sense of if they live if up they to, their best, if they live they up to what they game. can do, yep. they should win the I, game. If, if they don't game, turn the ball and they over. they should beat SMU, and then they should certainly beat East Carolina, and then let's see what happens against Central Florida. That's sort of, that's sort of where we are. By the way, one question I was going to ask you was, um, it was a grim weather day Friday night at, at the Liberty Bowl, and accordingly the crowd was disappointing it was 17,000 announced it was not close to 17,000 right and I'll be honest like when I left for the game I'm like this is miserable I wouldn't want to go out in this game right on the other hand then Saturday and I don't like I don't I'm not going to criticize people I'm sitting in a press box Mm -hmm. but I do think you can take a take note of the state of the program or something I think I was watching Saturday games from whatever. There was a game in West Virginia, I think. And everyone was like, it was cold as hell. And everyone was bundled up. And every, and it was packed. And I'm just wondering, is it, is it, was that, was that just, that's the way it goes? Or was it disappointing Friday night? I'm not disappointed in the sense that like, who am I to judge? Clearly. Let's, but, let's all acknowledge that. that yes. Who are we to judge? We're in a warm press box. I'm not going to tell people how to spend their Friday nights or their money. At, right. at the same time. I am a Michigan alum. Michigan played Michigan State in a torrential downpour about three, four weeks ago. Right, and everybody's That stadium there. was packed. Right. Um, and I do think it's something 
And it's, keep not, in it's mind. not just Michigan. It's places where, I mean, you, yeah. go, you go wherever. Now, maybe, I really think, it's, I think it's less about the program than I think it is about, um, <laughs> and I've always thought people are people anywhere, but I do think you get used to things and you have ways of approaching things. And I just think that as a city, we don't want to sit out like, like we're just soft. It was cold. We're just, too. It, it was yeah, cold it was cold. Too. Like as yeah. a city, I think I know we're grit grind and all of that, but when it comes to weather, I just think we're kind of soft. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making it up, but I mean the first sign of it's going to be chilly, we'll just stay home and watch it on TV. And I think it's less about the 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 program or the nature of fandom or anything else than it is about. When I was three, I was trained to go to Buffalo Bills games in the snow. It didn't matter. Like, it just didn't matter. You don't, whatever. Here, it's just a different ethic. It's just a different ethic. You make up your mind. You look outside and you make up your mind if you're going to go or not. And obviously, there was a hardcore 10,000 who go no matter what. But, yeah, I I do wonder, honestly, this is not going to be the reason Mike Norvell leaves or doesn't leave, but you do wonder, like he's sitting there. You Does wonder he if he noticed. That. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's be fair. One, it attendance, was miserable. Uh, it's right. miserable. Attendance in the convert. Like I was at Houston a couple weeks ago. It was a perfect night at Houston and it was not very crowded there. Although right. Houston is technically, I'm looking at the average yeah, where attendance is, where for is the, the league. And Memphis, of course, has been, has been really hurt because of yes. two miserable weather games. Memphis is fourth in the conference, averaging 27,751 fans right now. Um, Cincinnati is actually has the highest attendance league. They're averaging 52,509. Wow. And I think Memphis would be closer to 40 if I, it weren't for these two miserable days ECU, that they ECU's had. ECU's at th- is second with 37,040. And I bet you if the ECU, weather was nice, right. Memphis would be right around there. Right around there. there. I think that's true. Um, and so, you know, and I think it's also, you should point out, it was a Friday, Friday night game. It doesn't help. People are at high school games, No, too. that does not help. It, it, Friday nights are bad. Honestly, you got Thursday night, you could say, okay, that's fine. Friday nights are bad because Friday nights people have other stuff. To well, that's, I'm curious, like Tulsa, Oklahoma on a Friday night with a two and seven Tulsa team. Right. I think there's going to be like, be plenty of room to spread out. Yeah. 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 You're going to have a whole row to yourself if you're going. Um, well, it'll be fun tonight to watch. Uh, it'll be fun for the second time in three years. You can watch your Memphis Tigers ranked among the top 25 and uh, Tennessee won't be mentioned up there. Uh, Arkansas won't be up mentioned up there. Ole Miss won't be mentioned up there. Mississippi State won't be mentioned up there. Um, but your Memphis Tigers will be, and that is something to savor, it seems to me. That'll be something to watch. Well, thanks for joining us again this week. We will be back again, same time, same place. Hopefully we'll be celebrating another win going into the bye week. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Commercial Appeal.